All right, Shavuot say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. To thank Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the Shurim and Joshos this month. Lili Nishmas, Josh's father. Yisrael Yehuda, Ben Harav Chaim Rafael. To thank Sammy and Malka Esterson for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of their parents. Yitzchak Leib Ben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, and Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim. And in the schos of continued gezunt. And Haslacha for Mr. Morton Esterson, Admeva Esrim Shalom Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the Shurim this month, commission of the yard site of Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Zichron Levracha Ben Yaakov. Our Thank Our Week of Learning sponsors, Steve Galaskov, in honor of his daughter Rivi's upcoming wedding to Ellie Bogart, and in commemoration of his father's upcoming first yard site. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the week of learning in the merit of a Shlimer for Yaakov Ben Rachel. We thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And we'll say with that, let us, let us begin. So we'll say today's daf is Lamed Vav, 36. And we are picking up in Meretz Hashem uh, at the top of Lamed Vav. Massive, massive. So we'll say, so just to reorient ourselves a little bit, so if you remember again, if you remember again, we had the following discussion. The Gemara began with a discussion about Kohanim, Shluchei Didan or Shluchei Dirachmano. Ultimately, again, who do the Kohanim represent? Right? Who, who, the Kohanim is a Shaliyah. Whose agent is he? Is, the, is he the agent of Cloud Israel? Is he the agent of the Ribbon of Shalolam? So I say to yourself, wow, that's a fascinating theological question. Doesn't seem to have too many practical implications. We see based on the Mishnah that it does. What's the practical, impl- practical implication? In our case in the Mishnah, where Ruven is a Kohen and makes a nether not to confer any benefit upon Shimon, right? And now Shimon brings a carbon to the base of Ektosh. Does Ruven have the ability to offer up Shimon's carbonos? So remember again, if you say that Kohanim are Shaliyah of Hashem, then yes, he could offer it up. But if you say that Kohanim are Shaliyah of Klau Yisrael, then by definition, Ruben would not be permitted to offer up Shimon's carbon. So we had that entire discussion. The Gemara made it, just a quick recap, the Gemara made, it, the Gemara made an interesting distinction between different types of carbonos. There's what's called carbonos that are for Mechusar Kapara, people lacking atonement. And the Gemara pointed out those carbonos have a very unique carbonic aspect, or halachic aspect, which is Ein Das. They do not require the consent of the owner. That happens to be the examples that the Mishnah gave for the types of carbonos that Ruben could offer up on behalf of Shimon. So Gemara said, well, maybe it's tafka, those kind of carbonos, because if something could be offered up without the consent of the owner, or the knowledge of the owner, sorry, without the knowledge of the intended beneficiary, then halacha lamaisa, even if there is a nether in place, the coin should be able to go ahead and offer it up. So Gemara went back and forth on that particular piece. We're continuing with this now. Masiv Rav Sinir Abba. So Rav Sinir Abba raised the kasha. He says as follows. We'll say top line, Lamed Vav Amadala 36a. So listen to this. Im haya koim, Yizrok alav dam chataso, dam ashamo. So Rav says, interestingly enough, so remember again, in this, in this statement over here, Sinir Ashi says, if he was a koim, who's a koim? Same case. Ruvin made a nether not to confer benefit upon Shimon. Or again, you can phrase it two different ways. Or made a nether that Shimon cannot benefit from him. Reuven is a Kohen. Shimon comes to base something to Shtafra of Karbanos. So Shimon Ashi says, if Reuven is a Kohen, Yisrok Alabdam, so Reuven could go ahead and do any zrikos, do any sprinkling of blood for Shimon. Right? Dam chatos of a dam Whether it's his chatos 
or whether it's his asher. Well, so take a look at the first Rashi. Rashi on the right hand side. Yisrok alav dam chatos v'dam ashamos katani stam demashma kol chatos v'ashamos ba'afagav delo michusari kaparoninu. They both say this makes it sound like that. Pretty much, Ruvain the Kohen could do anything for Shimon. Right? Any chatos, any asham, even if something is not mechus or kapara. So I will say, so now let's, let's play this out for just a moment. So what's the kasha? So if we're saying, if we're saying that Reuben the Kohen could do anything for Shimon, even not mechus or kapara, then what does that tell you? What does that seem to tell you? That a Kohen is a shaliach of Hashem. Right? Since he's a shaliach of Hashem, he could do whatever karbanic needs are necessary for Shimon, and that's not, considered the, that's not considered conferring benefit upon Shimon because he's not Shimon's agent, he's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's agent. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 calm down. Dam chataso shal metzora v'dam ashamo shal The Gemara says, let me just make sure this is still on. Sorry. Okay, so the Gemara says, no, 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 what are we talking about? We're talking about ultimately again the dam of a chatos, dam chatos shalmatzora, the dam asham shalmatzora. So I will say, remember again, we're talking dafka about the chatos or the asham of a mitzora. So I will say the karbonos by a mitzora. Remember again, are considered to be karbonos that affect kapara. People are mechuser kapara. So we're right back to square one. Remember, if we're talking about karbonos that are mechuser kapara, or I should say karbonos that affect a level of atonement. So remember again, those karbanos could be offered up without what? Without the knowledge or consent of the owner. So they don't really factor into this discussion as to who Kohanim work for. Because once something can be offered up without the owner's understanding or consent, then haloch, haloch alamaisa, that's in a category of its own, it doesn't really help us. Fine, dechsev, zos tiyat toras hamatsora, ben gadol ubein katan. Because what Torah says, this will be the law of the Masora, ben gadol ben katan, which means that a carbon could be offered up even on behalf of a katan, which indicates to us what? That a carbon that is for someone who is mechusser kapara doesn't require the consent or the knowledge of the owner. Fine, so let's go back there. So, Tanan, hakonim shepiglu b'mikdash mezidin chayavin, hashigagin peturin, Elo shepigul and pigul. Well, it's a very interesting case. Remember, we come now to a case of pigul. I will say, what's pigul? Pigul means a coin has an erroneous intent at the time of one of the important sacrificial services. Let's say, for example, like this. Let's say a particular carbon, the carbon could be eaten for uh, two days and one night. Okay? Now, while the coin doing this recall is sprinkling the blood, he has in mind to eat the carbon three days from now. Three days from now. So we'll say, that thought, that thought invalidates the carbon. Which, which is an incredible thing in general, that thought could invalidate, but I will say, remember again, that's all, it's only a din by carbonos. In general, again, I will say, the, the holier something is, the more sensitive it is to wrongdoing, or the more sensitive it is to something being excused. So in this case of your carbonos, are in certain respects like the height of Kiddusha, see even an erroneous thought by the coin has the ability to invalidate the carbon. So now look at this. So Hakwanim Shapiglu Bamekdash, if a coin made something pigle in the base Hamikdash, what's Talacha? Sif, it depends. Mezidin Chayavin, if he did it Bamezid, right? If he intentionally made something pigle. And we'll say, right, why would you intentionally make something pigle? Why? Why? 
you don't like the owner, right? In other words, all right, I don't, all right, I'm a Cohen, I don't like Ruben, I don't like Ruben, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna show him, right? I'm gonna show, they will say, you know, some, see, sometimes when getting revenge, right, there's, there's two different ways. In other words, sometimes people, when they get revenge, they, 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 they need, they need the, the victim to know that they've taken revenge. Other times, there's a sense of sweet victory where you know that you've given someone a shtach, they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They, they think that everything is just fine, going just well. And meanwhile, again, so right, so I don't like Ruvain. Meanwhile, again, he's chowing down on his chatos, and I'm like, oh yeah, right? Not a chatos, buddy, right? You're eating pigle. How's that taste? Right? So let's say, so, so now, again, whatever it is, if I did it amazing, now here's the chat. If you did it amazing, you're chayif. Now both say, chayif for what? Chayif for what? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Mazidin chayovin, Rashi says over here, l'shalim karban l'baylin. Now both say, what I'm chayif for is I owe Ruven money. What do I owe money for? What do I owe him? I owe him a karban. Because I intentionally invalidated his karban. So because of that, I'm obligated to repay him the value of the animal. I'll show you in Turin. They will say, but let's say I made something piggle accidentally. How do you make something piggle accidentally? I can about say the coin didn't know the halacha. Right? So he makes he literally he went ahead and he thought, he thought the carbon could be eaten for three days. He has in mind, okay, you know what? Uh, you know, you know, Friday I'm gonna eat it, eat it before. So again, that's a case of shogate. In that case, Peturin, he doesn't have to pay restitution for the animal. However, Elishipigulan Pigle. They will say, but Lamaisa, Lamaisa it's still piggle. In other words, piggle is piggle is piggle. And if you have, Cohen has erroneous thought during the, during the offering of the carbon, one of the pivotal services, it makes the carbon piggle. That, that's just the reality. The only variable is what? Is what? Are you chayiv to pay the owner back for the animal? So that depends. If it's mezid, yes. If it's shogeg, no. Now, boss, and I watch this. Lamid vav about seven lines down from the top. Listen to this. I amid so I'll say, at the end of the day, listen to this. I understand, if you say that a coin is the shaliach of Hashem, the words shaliach of Hashem, so I understand ultimately again why the coin has the ability to make something pigol. I, I understand that. Rather, if you say that the coin is my shaliach, the right there, the shaliach of the Israel, then why does the coin have the ability to make something pickle? After all, lay malay shlicha shavisicha litakuni valola avusei. I can say, listen, coin, you're my shaliach. I only pointed you as a shaliach to do what? To do what? To benefit me, not to make, not to put, not, not to do something detrimental. I'll say, this is in general a din by shlichos. If I appoint someone, if I appoint someone as a shaliach, right? Imagine the following situation. I say, Ruben. You are my shaliach to go ahead and purchase this field from, from, from Shimon. Okay? Great. Give him all the details. He goes out. He, right, he goes out. He says, you know what? I was on the way. I saw that interest rates dropped. So you know what? I decided that I took out a $5 million loan for you. So this way you can go out and do some business. Right? But I'm your shaliach. I figured I was empowered to do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? You're empowered to do things that benefit me. The moment you do something that is quote unquote detrimental, the shlichus is dissolved. Shlichus is dissolved. So it's so fascinating. So the Gemara says like this: If you tell me that a coin works for Hakadosh Baruch then I understand why he has the power to make something pigol. But if he works for me, he's my shaliach. Then how does he ever have the ability to make something pigol? After all, again, 
The moment he makes something pigul, what does he effectively do? He dissolves the bond of shlichos. Because at the end of the day, I only empower him to do something positive and productive. Do not empower him ultimately to do something adverse. To which the Gemara says, Amar, shiny gabi pigul. Pigul is different. Pigul is different. Why is pigul different? Because they both say, why is pigul different? Pigul is different because the Torah said it's different. Right? That Lamaisa, again, the Torah gives the entire power of pigul over to the Kohen. And ultimately, again, if you take a look, by the way, at the Ran, the Ran of us on the left-hand side, the Ran says, shiny Gabi Pigel, it's kind of like in the, right in the middle of the Ran, right across from the Gilion Hashas in the margin. So the Ran says, shiny Gabi Pigel, the Amar Kra, Hilchach, so okay, before we go on to this. So I'll say, the Pasuk that the Gemara is quoting over here, Pasuk the Gemara is quoting, is, um, talk about Pigel, so Pigel, Pigel Yiyeh, Fanefesh, I'm sorry. Also lo yichashiv, sorry. Also lo yichashiv lo pigol yia. So I said the idea being that the Torah vests the Kohen with complete power to make pigol. So therefore, again, essentially what the Gemara says is the pigol case is not a raya one way or the other. So therefore, I will say the sugya ends and the question seems unresolved. Now take a look at that Ran. The Ran says hilchah bayun hacha bayun hacha lo ifshita. Therefore, I will say our question has not been answered. What's what question hasn't been answered? Who do the Kohanim work for? Do the Kohanim, are there, is, is the Kohen the Shaliyah of Hashem? Or is the Kohen the Shaliyah of HaKadosh Baruch? Or, is, or of Klal Yisrael? So the Ran says, by the way, ultimately, again, it's not really answered. So the Ran says, however, however, it sounds like from other suyas, that Kohanim are really the representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we'll say that's the position of the Ran, that a Kohen is an agent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But I will say, if you look at the Pashib Shat and the Sugya, the Gemara leaves it unresolved. The Gemara leaves it unresolved. And I will say, by the way, it's okay. Why did the Gemara leave it unresolved? Because there's also another possibility, which is the answer is both. That a Kohen is both the Shaliyach of Hashem, and the Kohen is also the Shaliyach of Am Yisrael. And he simultaneously wears both his eyes. And also, if you think about this, it's something really beautiful. You know, the Rambam writes, the Rambam writes that Kohanim, who of course, again, are part of Shevet Levi, the beauty and the power of Shevet Levi is Shevet Levi represents a Shevet who pledges their life to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to the service of the Am. Remember again, Shevet Levi does not have an Aflo. Shevet Levi doesn't have a portion in Eretz Yisrael. They're not given land. Why aren't they given land? They're not given land because their role is to be wholly and totally devoted to the needs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, and to the needs of Am Yisrael. So it could very well be that Shevet Levi has this duality. Kohanim have this duality of on one hand being a Shaliyah of Hashem, and on the other hand being a Shaliyah of Klal Yisrael. But I will say, but to take this a step further, the Rambam writes, such a beautiful Rambam, the Rambam writes, and anyone who wants to be part of Shevet Levi has the ability to do so. Now, what does that mean? It's open enrollment for Shevet Levi. So I say, so remember again, you're part of the Shevet you're born into. That's it. There's no, there's no trading up or trading down. You're, you're in. I say, the beautiful years, Rambam says that if you want to be the kind of person who ultimately dedicates your life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like a member of Shevet Levi, you have the ability to do so as well. And I will say, I think if you take the Rambam a step further, what does it mean to become a part of Shevet Levi? What it means to be a member of Shevet Levi means, at least on a spiritual level, to live life with this duality that I am simultaneously, each and every moment, a shaliyach of Hashem and a shaliyach of Klal Yisrael. I'm a shaliyach of Hashem, 
And therefore, again, my ultimate job in this world is to be Makadi Shimshan, to sanctify the name of Hashem in this world. And I will say, how do I do that? Like we saw in the Gemara Sechazuma, Diahapta Sashem Alakacha, you have to love Hashem. What does it mean to love Hashem? Shetehe Shim Shemayim is Ahiv Ayadecha. The name of Hashem, Hashem should become beloved in the eyes of people through my actions. I am a Shaliyah Hashem in that I am an ambassador of the Ribbono Shalom. So my goal in this world is that people should love HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of the way I behave. Because I represent, I represent HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I should live the kind of life, I should conduct myself in a way, I should have the midos that allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu to become beloved in the eyes of others because of me. So I'm the Shliach Hashem. I'm simultaneously the Shliach of Chal Yisrael. I'm the Shliach of Chal Yisrael. But say it's twofold. Number one, also to represent well for Klav Yisrael in this world, but also to recognize that as a Shaliyah, I have an achrayis to my people. My life is not just about me. My life is not just about my comfort. My life is not just about taking care of myself. My life is about my service to the cloud. What can I do for my people and how could I better my nation? So say it turns out, since each and every one of us could be a member of Shevet Levi if we choose, Every single one of us has the power of this dual shlichos as well. Just like the Kohanim, our shliach of Hashem and the shliach of Klal Yisrael, each of us has that incredible spiritual mandate and that incredible spiritual opportunity for this simultaneous shlichos. I too in my everyday life can be a shliach of Hashem, a shliach of Klal Yisrael, we should each be zocha. So let's go like there. Gufa. So Amr Biochanan Akotsvich and Das Kotsvich Mimuchosar Kapara. It's a great case. So let's remember again. Let's go back before. We saw a very interesting carbonic concept or car- carbonic idea, which is in general, carbonos require the intent and consent of the owner. Of the per- when I say owner, the person whom it is being brought for. The exception to this rule, as we were introducing yesterday's daf, are Mimuchosari Kapara. So carbonos that are brought to affect some heightened level of atonement could go ahead and be brought even without the knowledge or, or, or intent of the owners. So the Gemara says, Every carbon normally requires das, with the exception of mechosar kapara. Carbon is brought to effect atonement. Rabbi said, where do we see that? Because we'll say a person has the ability to bring a carbon, certain carbonos, even on behalf of his children. Children obviously can't have what? Can't have what? Intent, consent, and therefore you see that Karbanos brought from the Husari Kapara to affect a heightened level of atonement, or those who are missing some component of atonement could be brought even without Das. Ella, so I'll say, watch this. Great. And me Yavi Adam Chatas So I'll say, so why can't I do this? So I'll say, imagine the following situation. My friend Ruvain ate Chalif. It happens, right? Forbidden fat. He ate Chalif. He ate Chalif. So now I want, I want to be, I'm a friend. I'm a friend and I want to help out a friend in need. I want to bring his chatos on his behalf. Without his knowledge. That is knowledge. I want, I want to just want to, he has a long day, right? Going through rough times. I just want to bring his chatos for him on his behalf. So after, so I should be able to do that. It should be no different. Remember again, we ended off yesterday's staff with the same Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda holds that I can go ahead and bring a carbon, a man can bring a carbon for his wife who is a shota. Now we'll discuss the parameters of this case, but let's say a man who has a wife who's insane. Legally we're talking about, right? Shota, shota is a definition. Unfortunately, she's a shota. So what happens? Rabbi says her husband could bring a carbon on her behalf. 
Shavosei. So the truth is, when you bring a carbon on behalf of a shota, that's the what's that? It's the equivalent of what? Bring a carbon on behalf of someone without what? Without, without their intent, right? What what you say without the Hold on, for just a second, right? But without their intent, without their consent. Well, if that's the case, if you could do that, right? If a man could bring a carbon on behalf of his wife who's a shota, so then what should I be able to do? I should be able to bring a chatas for my buddy who I know committed an avera. But Lamaisa said, again, he does not bring it for him. I should be able to do that. To which words, Allah Mar Lazar, why did Rabbi say, said, if you try to bring, if you try to bring a carbon chatas for your friend, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But when I was, we'll say to be clear, when we're to say you can't bring a carbon chatas for your friend, what's the case? The case is how am I bringing it? I'm bringing it for him without his knowledge. We'll say, obviously, if Ruvain asks me to bring a carbon for him, of course I could do that. That's shlichos. That's shlichos. We're talking about over here bringing it without the knowledge of the owner. So Rolaza says it doesn't work. So we'll say, I don't understand. Why does it work in the case of Ishto Shota, but doesn't work in just bringing it for my friend? So to which the Gemara says, let's talk about this, by the way. Ishto Shota, Ishto Shota, Hei Dami. Now we'll say, what is the case of a man bringing a carbon on behalf of his wife who's insane? What is that case? Ida Achla Kishi Shota, Labbas Karbani. We'll say, one second. If she, let's we'll say, so we're talking about a case of Chaylev. If she ate chayla while she's a shota, then what about say? There's no chiyav. Why is there no chiyav? A shota is not responsible for their actions. So a, a woman who's a shota eats chayla, eats forbidden fat, there's no liability. Maybe you'll say, she ate the chayla when she was sane. And then what? Before she was able to bring a carbon, went insane. This is fascinating. That case won't work either. Why? Because we'll say, listen to this halacha. Let's say a woman eats chaylev, a woman eats chaylev, and then what happens? She separates, out, she separates out her carbon, ready to bring her carbon. Then what occurs? She becomes a shoda, she goes insane, and then Baruch Hashem, she's healed afterwards. What's the halacha? No carbon. We'll say, why no carbon? We have a concept by carbonos of hoel v'nitcha nitcha. That once something is kind of like set aside, set aside for non-use, it remains set aside, even if circumstances change. So what that means is, once she entered into a period of shtus, and as a shota, ultimately again was unable to go ahead and offer up the carbon, essentially the carbonic liability evaporates. Evaporates. Which I will say is such a, is such a, profound, such a profound idea. That sometimes in life, there are opportunities. Opportunities. I will say, then what happens? I bless you. I become a shota. I will say, now what happens when I become a shota? How does I become a shota? I, t- I lose the opportunity to take advantage of my opportunities. The chazav in And now suddenly again, I get my wits about me and I'm ready to take the opportunity. One little problem, which is, which is, the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. Ho'el v'nitcha yitcha. See, I will say, sometimes when opportunities are lost, they are lost forever. This is the great challenge of life because opportunities present themselves and often we just say to ourselves later, 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 I'll get back to it later, right? That, that's the shtus of life. The shtus of life is delaying things. The shtus of life is procrastination. The shtus of life is I'll get to it when it's convenient. And then that shtus, chazer v'nishtafa, now suddenly I'm healed. Okay, I'm ready to take advantage of life opportunities. Okay, hold b'nitcha, nitcha. Sometimes once the door is closed and once, once you've said no, 
the opportunities don't represent themselves. An incredible Muslim life. Elo, me'ata, so therefore I'll say, so what's the case? Say, Elo, me'ata, if that's the case, Yavi Adam Pesach al Chabero. So therefore, there, there doesn't really seem to be a case of where a man is bringing a carbon on behalf of his wife, who's a shota. So now the Gemara pivots a little bit. The Gemara says, well, what about this? Okay, but I should be able to bring a carbon Pesach on behalf of my friend. Why? Now listen to this. Now, now, now we're switching gears. Now remember, Pesach is not Muchus Kaporo. Right, Pesach is a carbon. So I should be able to bring a carbon Pesach on behalf of my friend. Why? But say, what's the logic? Listen to this. Shekin Adam maybe Abana the Abnosa Fakitanim. They will say it's great. Remember, what's the Allah Karim Pesach? I offer a Pesach on behalf of my children as well, right? I figure out how many people do I have in my family. So I have a uh, of six children. So now I'm gonna go ahead and offer up carbonos to my six children. Now we'll say, so again, my children, some of them may be minors, are Kitanim. Yet I'm offering up the carbon on their behalf. What do you see from here? What do you see from here? That Pesach can be offered up on someone's behalf even without what? Even without their consent, their knowledge. If that's the case, then I should be able to offer up Karam Pesach on behalf of my friend. I want to do my friend a favor. I want the chef to Karam Pesach on his behalf even without his knowledge. It should work. I think Gemara says, the Gemara says, Alama Amr Abelazar, Hifrish Pesach HaChaver then Why does it say that if you offer up Karam Pesach on behalf of your friend, Without his knowledge, that's a meaningless act. In other words, you cannot offer up carbon Pesach on your friend's behalf without his knowledge. So I'll say this is incredible. So how, how do those two things stem? In other words, I'll say, how do they reconcile? On one end, you're telling me, I cannot offer up a carbon Pesach on behalf of my friend. Then in the next breath, what are you saying? I can offer up a carbon Pesach on behalf of who? My kids. Well, I don't understand. My kids don't have legal consent. If they don't have legal consent, I'm offering up a carbon on behalf of someone who doesn't have legal consent. Why is that different than offering it up on behalf of my friend who hasn't consented either? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. This is incredible. The Gemara says, because Amr Rabbi Zera set the base of us lav da'oraisa. The both say, this is incredible. The concept of children being included in carbon Pesach is not a din da'oraisa. Now, what does that mean? I will say, take a look at the Ran. This is the second line of the Ran. Second wide line. You must be counted as part of a group. If you're not counted as part of a group, what's Talaqa? No Pesach for you. No Pesach for you if you're not part of the group. I was saying, the din of being counted as part of a group only applies to adults. It doesn't apply to kids. From which Pesach could kids eat from? What, what Pesach could kids eat from? Any Pesach they want. Any Pesach they want. Now, Midra Banon, we tell a father, keep your kids in mind. Or someone keep the kids in mind. But I was saying, Children do not need to be part of the Chabura, which means that when Shechtin the Karban Pesach, the, we'll call it the Balabais, does not have to have in mind his kids. The kids can eat from it regardless, because kids can eat from any Karban Pesach they want. But children do not need to be counted as part of a Chabura. Ah, so now I understand it. So I will say, so when we say that a father shechts the Karban Pesach on behalf of his kids, what, what does that really mean legally? What does it mean legally? 
Nothing. It just sounds nice. It sounds nice. Kiddalach, I have you in mind when I shut the Karim Bezah. Right? It sounds beautiful. But, but legally, it's totally unnecessary because children do not need to be counted as part of a Chabura for Karim Bezah. Incredible. Therefore, I both say, that's fundamentally different than my friend. Right? So now I understand, I can't shut the Karim Bezah on behalf of Ruben. Why not? Why not? Ruben is a part of a Chabura. Every part of a Chabura requires Das. Therefore, again, I cannot shut the Karim Pesach on his back. So the Bible says, the Gemara proves this assertion. The Gemara says, Umimai, how do we know that kids don't need to be part of a Chabura? Midisnan. Listen to this. Homer the Banov, father says to his kids, Harini shochet asa Pesach amishiyala mikemishan Yerushalayim. So let's listen to this. The father says to his kids, kids, whoever gets to Yerushalayim first is going to be included in my Karim Pesach. Okay. Bain Sheikhnis, Rut Rishon, Roshav Rubo, Zacha Bechalko, Umezakes Echav Imo. Once the first kid gets to Yushalayim, right, the majority of his body enters into Yushalayim, then what happens? He gets a portion and he acquires for his siblings a portion as well. So he says, one second. Vi Amr Salabes Abes Lusat Labayis Daraiso, Abisra Koi. So I say, I don't understand. If, if Selabais, if children need to be part of the Chabura, then when the first kid gets there, he's part of the Chabura. But how does he entitle his siblings, his, right, his brothers and sisters, to be part of the Chabura as well? Because when the father says, ultimately again, whoever, which, whoever, which, whichever of you gets to Shlaim first is part of the Chabura, we'll say, what is the father doing? What is the father doing? He's trying to cause his children to have zrizos, right? He's trying to get them to move. He's trying to have the right, alacrity and zeal. And he wants them to feel a certain sense of fire in the performance of Mitzvah. But in reality, I will say, in reality, who's getting Karim Pesach? Who's getting Karim Pesach? They're all getting Karim Pesach. And I will say, these are about minor children. Adult children need to be part of the Chabura, right? But the nice and minor children, they're already getting Karim Pesach. He's only saying this in order to give them a sense of zrizos. But Lamais, again, they are all by definition included in the carbon. So the Gemara Satan Rabbi that supports this. Maisahaya, there was an episode that occurred. The kid Mubaros Labanim. It was his great. One time, one time a father said this to his kids. Right? They will say, okay, kids, whoever gets there first, right, ultimately gets a piece of the carbon. I will say, who got there first? The girls. Right? The girls got there first. And I will say, the Gemara says, Vininsu Banos Zrizos Ubanim Shvelim. And it turned out the daughters are alacritous and boys are lazy. Right? So, we'll say, so again, so again, so interestingly enough, I will say, but, but, what, but what doesn't it say? It doesn't say, ah, the girls got Karma Pesach and the boys didn't. Why not? Why not? Because again, all the kids get Karma Pesach. I will say, why do all the kids get Karma Pesach? Because minor children do not need to be part of a Chabura. Right? They get Karma Pesach immediately. So I will say, what turns out, what turns out, is that halacha l'maisa will say, there is a unique halacha by mechusari kapara, right? That by mechusari kapara, that in those cases, you could bring a covenant on someone's behalf without their knowledge, but that concept does not apply to any other carbonos. Even carbonos that could be brought on behalf of children or those without das cannot be brought for you on behalf of your friend without his das. Incredible. I will say, I'm a base. I'm a base. A lot, a lot of Ramam to do on this. It's also, but we'll uh, we'll leave it for now. Fine. See, by the way, so we'll say, let's go. Let's take a step back now for just a moment. I'm sorry. So I forgot to read the last line. But Torin Estremosus. We'll say, and the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, we'll say, in our case, remember, what's our case? Ruben made a neder. 
that he can't give any benefit to Shimon or Shimon can't get any benefits from him. So now what did the Mishnah say? What is Reuben allowed to do? Reuben can separate out Shimon's Shumas and Maisus. So can, it sounds like he can go to, tru, to Shimon's granary, or sort of sad, or not exactly, we'll see what the case is, but he can go and separate out Shimon's Shumas and Maisos. So let's analyze this. Sinimara says, Hatore Mishalo al Shalo, al Shal Chavero, Tzarech Daita Olo. So we'll say, this is a good question in general. We'll say, independent of, of a nether case. Then we'll say, listen to this case. Right? I have a friend, his name is Ruvain, and I decide, you know what, I would like to do something nice for Ruvain. I would like to tie Ruvain's produce without his knowledge. Now, what am I tithing Ruvain's produce from? From my own produce. I have produce, I have wheat, I have wheat. I want to separate out some wheat from my pile of wheat to go ahead and serve as truma for Ruvain. So I will say, you can do that, by the way. You can do that. In other words, you can separate out from one produce group on another produce group for truma. You can do that. Now, again, whether it's ideal or not is a separate discussion. It's called Shalom and Amukov, but again, but it works. Let's not go with the Chantilbida, it works. So I want to I designate part of my wheat to be truma for Ruvain's pile of wheat. Does that work or not? So, in other words, do I need Ruvain's consent? Or not? So let's analyze this. What's the shayla? Me, I'm here and came in the schosulo, lo tzarachta. So what's I can say? Well, listen, I'm doing Ruvain something. I'm helping him, right? I'm, I'm providing for him an objective service. I'm tithing his produce. Now we'll say, what's the halacha? When you are providing an objective service to someone, do you need their das? Right? No. Why? Zachin adam shalom b'fanav. You're allowed to do something that is objectively beneficial for someone, even without their knowledge or consent. That's one hand. On the other hand, odilma. Mitzvah dilehi On the other hand, I can say, look, separating truma is a mitzvah. Maybe I don't have the right to deprive Ruvain of that mitzvah. In other words, as much as I'm doing something nice for him, if I separate out truma, then what? Then what? He can't. He can't. So maybe I'm depriving him of a mitzvah, and that's not allowed. Well, see, hear that? Such such an incredible shayla. So let's analyze. What say. Let's analyze. So Tashma, so that's our outstanding question. Can I separate out Shuma from my produce on Ruvain's, for Ruvain, for Ruvain, Ruvain's produce without his knowledge and consent? So two stud and two sides on one hand, on the other hand, mitzvah deprivation. And I will say maybe mitzvah deprivation by definition is not a schos, right? It's a chov. It's something detrimental and therefore I shouldn't be allowed to do this. Let's analyze. So Tashma, so remember again, what did the Mishnah say? Let's go back to the Mishnah. Ruvain made a nether not to give any benefit to Shimon. So what did the Mishnah say? Ruvain could separate out Truma for Shimon Ledaito with his consent. So the Gemara says, what's the case? Am I asking her? What's the case? See if we say that Ruvain is going to separate out Shimon's Truma from Shimon's produce. So he's going to Shimon's produce and separating out. Min balakri al shal balakri. He's going to separate out Shimon's produce from Shimon's produce. Oledaito deman. And whose consent do we have over here? Oledaito delay. His consent. Man shabi shaliach. Who made Ruben Ashliach to do that? Who made Ruben Ashliach to do that? Ela ledaito de balakri. Rather, it must be what? It must be with Shimon's consent. So it must be the case where Ruben's separating out Shimon's truma 
right? The truma is from Shimon's pile, so he's separating out Shimon's truma from Shimon's truma with the consent of Shimon. Ha kamahanile de kavish lichusei. But how could that happen? If that's the case of Osei, isn't Reuven clearly acting as Shimon's shaliach? Now, is he allowed to act as Shimon's shaliach? No, because what's the case in Mishnah? Reuven made a neder prohibiting himself from conferring any benefit upon Shimon. So how is that going to work? Ella, rather will say, what must be the case? Mishalom al-shalakri, shalakri. Rather, the case of Mishnah must be where Reuven is using his own produce and separating out as what? As truma on Shimon's produce. Shimon's produce. Uledaito dimat. And about say, whose consent? Right? Whose dust do we have over here? Uledaito shabalakri. So I say, if you want to say that it's with the knowledge of the owner of the owner of the pile, which is Shimon, that doesn't work. Hakamahanile. He's performing an active, active hanok, writing active hanok. Elalav ledaitei dinafshe. Rather, it must be what? It must be the means that Reuven's acting of his own volition. Umishalo tore al chabero. And I will say, what's the case? It's a case of what I will say. So what is the term of the Mishnah as a case? The Mishnah is a case of Reuven taking of his own produce and what? Tithing for Shimon's produce. So he's taking some of his own wheat and designating it as truma for Shimon's produce. And I will say, what does the Mishnah say? What does the Mishnah say? It works. It works. So I will say, that seems to indicate to us that you could go ahead and separate out Shuma from your own produce and therefore use that as tithe for, sh- for your friend's produce even without his knowledge. The advice the possibility is, Sarech Das, if it requires Das, how does that work? Ha, this thing where it says, Ha Kamahanile. If that's the case, I will say, isn't Ruvain providing Shemul with Hanah? El Alab in Sarech Das. Rather, it must be that it doesn't require any level of dust, which the Gemara says, no, 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 let's, let's, let's revisit this. The Olam, the Olam, Mishal Balakri, Abalakri. We'll say, let's go back to what we said before. In reality, we'll say, what's happening over here? When the Mishnah talks about, so let's remember again, we're focusing now on the Mishnah case. Let me just show you what's happened over here. The Gemara is asking an overarching question. We'll say, what's the overarching question? The overarching question is, can I, can I, 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 I have a friend, Ruvain. I want to do something nice for him. So what I want to do is, I want to separate his truma on his bath. But here's how I want to do it. I want to use my produce and designate my produce as truma for Ruvay's pile of wheat. That's in his house. Can I do that? Can I do that? They will say, so what's the two sides of the question? On one hand, yes. Why yes? Why should I say yes? Why should I say no? Why should I say no? Mitzvah deprivation. It's deprivation. So I was like, okay, that, that's the overarching question. The Gemara now is trying to use our Mishnah to answer that question. Now, our Mishnah is a different case. In our Mishnah, what's happening? Ruin made a nether. What was his nether? What was his nether? I'm not going to confer any benefit on Shimon. I will say, the Mishnah said, even with that nether, even with that nether, Ruin has the ability to separate Truma on behalf of Shimon, Ledaito, with consent. We're trying to figure out what's that case? What's that case in the Mishnah? And through the case of the Mishnah, we're going to try to answer up our original question. So I'll say, watch this. When I say, the Olam, let's go back to the Mishnah. The Olam, Mishnah Balakri Abalakri. No, I'll say, what's the case of the Mishnah? case of the Mishnah is where Ruvain is coming to separate out Shimon's Truma. And what is he separating it from? Shimon's own produce. So he's separating Truma from Shimon's own produce. And therefore, what? Kid the Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, what's the case? Listen to this. Ba'omer, 
Wow. I will say, get ready for this. So I will say, Rav says, what's the case? The case is where Shimon makes a declaration. I will say, what's Shimon's declaration? He says, whoever wants to come separate our truma from my produce, all right, whoever wants to come, everyone is invited. I will say, now what's the power of making such a statement like that? So watch this. Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Left-hand side. Left-hand side. A couple of couple lines up. This is very interesting. The case over here in the Mishnah, the case over here, right? watch this. So let's go back for just a second, plug it in. So now, Ruve made a nether. Let's go one more time. Ruve made a nether. What's the nether that Ruve made? What's the nether? What's the nether? Shimon can't get any benefit from me. Great. Now, what did the Mishnah say? Reuven could come and tithe Shimon's produce. Says, says Rava, what's the case? The case is where Shimon made a declaration, whoever wants to go ahead and tithe my produce has the ability to do so. And I both say, now, why, now, now again, what does that mean? What, what essentially, what is, what is Shimon doing? Shimon's offering the mitzvah. He's offering the mitzvah. In other words, he's saying, whoever wants to come and perform the mitzvah of separating truma, Right, come, come one, come one, come all. So I'll say, so now what happened? What does the Mishnah teach me? Reuven, if he wants to do it, he could do it. Why? 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 It's not Hanah. It's not considered Reuven giving Shimon Hanah. Why is it not considered Reuven giving Shimon Hanah? Why not? Why not? Because if Reuven doesn't do it, then what? Someone else will. But remember again, this goes back to our core definition of Hanah. What's the definition of Hanah? I'll say, definition of Hanah? Giving something additional to someone that they did not have before. This act of separating, of Reuven separating Truma for Shimon in this context is not Hanah. Why? Because if Reuven doesn't do it, someone else will. So Reuven's act of separating Truma for Shimon, it's not Hanah. That's why he's allowed to do it. So therefore, I will say, it turns out, and therefore, it's also not Misa deprivation. Why is it not Misa deprivation? Why not? Because again, Shimon already said, I'm not doing it. Reuven wants to come and do it, come and do it. So I will say, the Gemara said, Rabbi says, that's the case of the Mishnah. So therefore, even though there's a nether, which precludes Reuven from conveying any level of Hanoah to Shimon, he's still allowed to separate out Shimon's truma, because Shimon made the declaration. Whoever wants to come and tithe, come and tithe. So when Reuven comes and does it, he chaps around the mitzvah, he's not providing Hanoah, because if he doesn't do it, someone else will come and do it. Incredible. So I will say, listen to this, listen to this. So I will say, so therefore, the first question is still outstanding, right? We haven't answered the first question about can you tithe someone's produce without their knowledge? Again, can I, can, I, can I designate my own property as truma for someone else without their knowledge? That question is still open-ended. Next, another question. Wow, listen to this. So I will say, let's assume, let's assume that I can separate out from my produce, I can't separate a truma for Ruvain. Ruvain is my buddy. I want to separate out some truma from my produce on behalf of his uh, on behalf of his grain. And let's assume for a moment I can do it. So now I both say, now truma's designated. What's the shaila? What's the shaila? Or I both say, for that matter, any time some one person designates, one person does the act of separation, and the other goes ahead and has a truma. We'll say, who gets the tovas handa? So we'll say, listen to this. In other words, that halacha lemaisa. When you have one person separating, but one person owns the grain, who gets Tovah Sana? Now what's Tovah Sana? Tovah Sana means the right to choose 
which Kohen you give your Truma to. I'll say, by the way, I want to point out, you see, this is something, you see, everyone thinks the Kohanim have all the power, right? Since they get the Truma, right? They get the money, right? No, it's not true. Yisrael wields a lot of power. I'll say, why, what's, what's the power of Yisrael? What's the power? You decide who to give your Truma to. So Kohanim, Kohanim, be nice, right? Be nice. Because even though, again, you have an entitlement, no specific coin could lay claim to any Truma. I, as the Yisrael, have the right to go ahead and give truma to whoever I want. To whoever I want. Now, let's say, by the way, this is a big thing, especially for those of us, like, you know, in my family, my mother's entire side is our Kohanim. So when the Beis HaMikdash comes, the Pashtos, in situations like that, who do you give truma to? Your family. Which is an interesting, an interesting setup, right? You give truma to your family, right? Because you're sustaining this way. Again, Shevat Levi doesn't have a portion. So ultimately, again, you're sustaining your, in any event. So let's say, who gets the right to decide which coin to give the truma to? Who has the right? Ultimately, again, is it the owner of the grain? Or is it the person who went ahead and separated out the truma? So the Gemara says, So we'll say, do we say that this is a case of where Reuben is using his own produce to tie Shimon's crop? So do we say, since it's Reuben's produce, which ultimately, again, is designated, right? Without this produce, there'd be no truma. So ultimately, again, therefore, Reuben should get to decide. Oh, Dilma, Ilav, Karya, Dahi, Lohavian, Peridei, Truma. Or do we say, no, no, no. Without the pile of produce, right, there would have been no truma. So what else I see here? So do we say, do we say, since it's Reuben used his produce, and his produce is the actual truma, therefore, he should get to tell us, or no? It's Shimon's crop that's being tied, therefore, Shimon gets to choose. To which the Gemara says, Amalei Makra, the Pasuk says, as called Tvuas Zaracha Benasata. The Pasuk says, all of the Tvua, all of the wheat of your field, you should give. In other words, the person who owns the pile chooses which coin it goes. So therefore, I say, even in Halachalamais, you say that you could use your own produce to set aside Truma for someone else's pile of grain. At the end of the day, the Tovas are the decision of which coin to give to ultimately, again, is always the decision of the owner of the actual pile of produce which is being tied. So we'll stop over here for today. And again, we still haven't answered the original question. Emir HaTashem will come back to that and resolve that tomorrow. Osai Shkoya. <laughs> so good to see you. Question Chaim, wonderful to see you, Dr. Gardiners. All right, have a great day, everyone.